Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. Glad you joined us for the broadcast, and I pray you'd get your Bible, follow along with us, learn the Word of God as it is in truth, so that when you believe in God's Word, the Holy Spirit can effectually work that Word in you. We have been studying the book of Galatians now, uh, and we're about to move into chapter 2 today. Uh, it took us, I guess, November the 3rd. We started uh, the book of Galatians, so now February the 2nd, uh, 2018. Today we're in session 13, beginning chapter 2. The website is thecrosswaychurch.com. The physical address is 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572. For those of you who write or send your financial help for this ministry, uh, or you can do it online, and uh, we just thank God for you. It takes money to do these broadcasts, to have this studio, hundreds of dollars a month, uh, uh, a lot more than that, actually. And uh, we just thank you for all of you who support the ministry outside of Crossway Church membership and uh, so that you can tune in on a regular basis and hear the Word of the Lord taught. If you're new and you're watching us for the first time, you've not heard about our little book we wrote, All God's Works Are Done in Truth, 62-page booklet. I promise you it'll remove much confusion from the from your heart and bring more clarity to the scriptures as it is not opinion of man it is the word of god in truth rightly divided the common denominator is the truth christ and him crucified when you know who and what the truth is the scriptures become more clear and jesus promised those who have more will be given so fifteen dollars will get your copy just send it to one of the places donate online or send check or money order to the address on the board behind me and we'll get your copy to you soon so today we will begin in chapter 2 and uh, Paul here in chapter 2 uh, is really just giving a story of his history to the Galatians before we dig into this let's ask the Lord to give us our daily bread today I, I desperately need some bread today from heaven I mean I'm not saying that to sound spiritual it's a reality we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God faith only comes by hearing God's word and that being in the faith of Jesus and what he did at Calvary let's pray this morning Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your word, gathered up today to hear the word of the Lord, that faith would come, for we know when faith comes, faith overcomes. And we thank you for the word that we have access to today, that we might learn of your ways, that we might learn the wonderful truths in your word. And Lord, I would ask that you give us our daily bread today, that you would show us a greater picture of your love, of your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did to make manifest that love for us at Calvary. Let us understand the scriptures and how they are relevant to us today where we are, for we know they surely are, and we ask it all in the name of Jesus, and everybody said amen. Amen. Let me say this before we get into the Word, just to clarify uh, something that I just said. Uh, when faith comes, faith overcomes. We say that around here uh, because that's a reality. We overcome the world by faith. The devil, we overcome him by faith. But it must be faith in God's Word as it relates to Jesus and what he did at Calvary. And I'll give you this quick example, and I want you to grab this today, for it is very powerful. Faith only works by love. And that is the love that God has offered through His Son, Jesus Christ. And, and watch this. When you placed your faith in what God told you in His Word concerning what His Son did for you to forgive you of your sins, that faith is the faith that worked and God saved you because it was actually in Christ and what he did at Calvary. That's the love of God manifest for you, 1 John 4, 9 and 10. And when you placed your faith in God's word concerning what Jesus did for you at Calvary, that faith worked. And you have the proof that it worked, that God worked in it because he saved your soul. And therefore you have the grounds and the only way that God works the rest of your life. Whatever the Bible is talking about, it's got to be tied to the sacrifice so that your faith can be legitimate. Because the faith only works by love. 
not your love, but God's love to you, which was manifest at Calvary. So as you study the word of God, remember the faith that comes upon hearing the word will always be in the context of the truth of God's word, which is Christ and what he did at Calvary. And I, and you need to know that. You need to understand that. So when we dig into the scriptures, we will always talk about Jesus. Why Paul was writing to Galatia is because the churches in Galatia were removing themselves from Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. Every line, every jot, every tittle, Jesus said the scriptures are about him. And that's not just Genesis through Malachi. That is Matthew through Revelation as well. The scriptures, all the scriptures are about Jesus. So when we are studying here today in chapter 2 is where we will uh, uh, dig in. But always know this, that the only grounds for your faith is Christ in him crucified. You might say, well, no, my faith is is in God's word. Yes, but God's word is always attached to Jesus and the sacrifice or it will not be a faith that works for you. That's why in 1 Thessalonians 2.13 it says, listen, we pray without ceasing for all of you because when you received the word of God of us, you received it not as of men but as it is in truth and it effectually worked in you that believe. Only as God's word comes forth in truth and we believe it in true, does God work that word effectually into our hearts, bringing about the, the deliverance and the changes and the conformity into his image that needs to happen. And that's it. That is a narrow way, my friends, but that's it. Outside of that, it's all make-believe and pretend. And in these last days, God is bringing his remnant back to the place where they can lead once again with the sword of the Spirit and the praises upon their lips in spirit and in truth. Praise God. I'm glad to be in the last day's army that God is building with the truth in our hearts, on our lips, our joy, the joy we have of the Lord of walking in the truth, experiencing victory after victory as we go from faith to faith. And I'm telling you, that is really what Galatians is about God's reach through Paul of trying to bring these Christians going wayward back to Christ, back to the place where they could once again be led of the Spirit instead of led away by the Judaizers that was happening in that day and is so <clears throat> relevant for us today. Because anybody using the Scriptures outside of pointing to Christ and His accomplished work at Calvary is really a Judaizer in our day. And you're talking 99. 99.9% of all preachers. That's huge. How can you say, Pastor, 99.9%? Well, just turn the television on, go to just about any church, and they will use the word for their own interpretation, their own uh, denominational, their own whatever, instead of as it is portrayed in righteousness, in truth, that points to Calvary so that we can experience true faith that works by that love daily, praise God. Amen. It's a horrible thing that's happening. It's rampant in the church, unbelief, and it comes from most pulpits. So again, that's how we must look at God's Word, in truth. How it relates to the man who is true. So Paul here is giving these... Uh, Galatians, these people who had been saved and now being led astray by the Judaizers, he's giving them a, a description of how God has used him from the time he was born again, uh, bringing them up to the, uh, the time where he was at that present time. And so, that, and it's important, and you need to always remember this, if God gave it to Paul to write to the Galatians, it's the word of God for us today. And, and, and again, we can always see the importance of God's word if we see it in truth. The only place he will work it into our hearts and lives. So here, he gets to the point in chapter 2, he says, Then, 14 years after... All this that he'd already described, I'm not going back into it. We'll, we'll be right here next year if we don't move on. Then after all this that he, he's told them about, 14 years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, Barnabas and took Titus with me also. 
And and uh, I want to say some things about Barnabas. Uh, here, got some scriptures I want to give you today concerning Barnabas. You can uh, take notes, write them down, uh, or just whatever you need to do. But concerning Barnabas, uh, Luke wrote that he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith and was used of God greatly. And I'll show you in the Bible, Acts chapter 11, verse 24. Uh, the Bible says, For he was a good man, talking about Barnabas here, and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Now notice that phrase, he was a good man, and he was full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. How many of you know you can be full of the Holy Ghost, you can be baptized and be filled with the Spirit and not be of the faith? I was there for years. But Barnabas, look at what was said about him. And I believe that the church, we should never just say, well, that was Barnabas. No, if Barnabas was what he was by the Spirit of God, then we all can be just like Barnabas was. Not trying to be like Barnabas, but we're trying to let the Spirit lead us so the Spirit can produce the same fruits in us that he produced in Barnabas. But he says he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Full of faith. You understand that? Full of faith. And that, that's quite a testimony. And, and much people was added unto the Lord. That means he was used of God greatly. And Acts 4, we can back up a few chapters, in 36 and 37, the Bible says, And Joseph, means Joseph, who by the apostles were surnamed Barnabas, really watch this, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, you, you want to talk about somebody full of the Holy Ghost and of faith? Barnabas, full of faith, means he was after the will of God. I don't, listen, I don't need this land and all this stuff that's just out there anymore. I don't need that. What I need is to sell that and give to the work of God. And I know everybody, oh, here comes the preacher after our money. No, listen, it's not about money. We're talking about what God was able to do in and through Barnabas. And when people are full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith, God is going to use them greatly. And all the legacy of all the things that's been left to them, it really becomes of very little value because their focus is not on all the material things that they could leave to their children and, and on down through the years. Nothing wrong with that. But people who are full of the Holy Ghost and of faith are being moved by the Spirit of God and their, their direction and their concerns and the values for all things in their life has now changed instead of, the value of the land, now I value what God is doing. And now he sold, he sold his land, gave the money to the apostles. I'm talking about true faith. I'm talking about true faith, a true being filled with the Spirit, not in word and not just in speaking in tongues, but being baptized with the Holy Spirit, full of the Spirit and full of faith, where now everything else take second play. It, it moves in, in value. It can't compare to what God is doing. And we need to get back to that. Can I say that again? We need to get back to that. We need to quit valuing everything in our lives more than we value who God is and what God wants to do in us and through us. When that, Let me tell you something. And you can't make that happen. All you can do is put your faith where it needs to be, and then the Lord can do the rest, and will do the rest. If you make sure that your faith remains in what God did to prove his love to you, to show that love to you, which was the giving of his son, then that faith will always work by that love, and you will find yourself lessening and lessening the value of all the things that, that have meant all the world to you, and you're in focus now will be on the mission God has given you and you will find doors opening in your life that has have not been able to be opened because our value has been on all these things more than the value of the mission of God us being used by God we say we want to be used by God but God comes along and shows us just how much we want to be used by God he already knows but he comes up and shows us opens doors for us, 
and, and shows us that we refuse to go through those doors because if we go through those doors, that means I've got to give this, this, and this up and therefore, we value this, this, and this, and then we change the voice of some other voice. Say, well, that couldn't be God, because I know he wouldn't want me to, uh, uh, to give all these things up to sell all these things. But I got news for you, and everybody's life is different. But when you begin to place your faith in Jesus and what he did at Calvary and allow the Lord to take that faith and move you, just like he did Noah, mm then you will find the Lord not only building you, but building the church through your faith. Amen. God built an ark. We might as well just call it that. We say, well, no, Noah built the ark. No, God built the ark through a man's faith in him. Amen. So, uh, why don't we just look at that this morning? Why don't we turn over to Hebrews chapter 11, and I believe there's something there we might need to say this morning. Uh, I, I, it's on the end of my tongue, but I can't get it to get off there, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Watch this in Hebrews eleven seven. We're talking about faith that moved Barnabas into having more than lip service, but there was a mighty move of God in his life. And that mighty move of God in Barnabas' life can happen in your life, in my life. And we should desire that more than we desire anything else to be used of God. And do you know why the main reason is? Because we love God. Not just for the treasures that we can lay up, that's, I mean, but the main reasoning behind our service to God should be because we see how much he loved us and gave his son for us and we give ourselves to him through that same love he put in our heart. See, the God, if it's love, it's giving. That's why folk don't tithe and give offerings. They don't love God. They can say they do, but love gives. Love gives. Love is an action word. So watch this in verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Now here we are back to that word fear again. We oftentimes see this word in Scripture, and it really just means the value of God. An estimated value of who God is, which we find out by what God has told us. Noah believed this word that came from God. I'm going to flood the earth. You need to build an ark to save the world by. Your family, whoever, will have faith. You need to build an ark. So watch this. Noah warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. That means moved with the value he gave to God's word. Moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Did you see that? Mm. Moved with fear. Prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So see, if we value God's word in its proper context, faith will come and our value of God and his word Faith, that faith, that fear, that value causes faith to be real and true. And it will always move us into the plan of God here. It was Noah to build an ark for the saving of those who would exhibit faith in the word of God. He preached, a preacher of righteousness. Only him and his seven family members were saved. But he valued what God said to such a degree that faith moved him. Really, it says fear moved him. And by faith, he built an ark. And that's the same with Barnabas, that's the same with us. If our value is more in what God has said to us, knowing that he wants to work in us and for us and through us, then faith will work in our lives and we can be used of God, just like Barnabas. And I, 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 I want to say some more things here that's in Acts 4, 36 and 37. The, here the Bible tells us that it was the apostles who gave Barnabas this new name, who gave actually Joseph the new name of Barnabas. Because of, you know, it seems like there's a, in the early church, there was new names given. Based on their zeal for God, their usage, or their desire to be used of God, or here, uh, the uh, encouragement that Barnabas was, and, and him being full of faith, and, and they, they named him uh, a word here, uh, the son of consolation, Barnabas, which is what 
Barnabas means son of consolation, and it means encourager and comforter. And it is from a word paraklesis, which is man sounds awful similar to play, uh, uh, the, uh, the other word for the Holy Spirit, which was paraklete. Uh, See, because they both mean encourager. Don't ever forget, you can be used by God to encourage, but the Holy Spirit is the encourager. And the Holy Spirit encourages us with the Scriptures, the truth. I mean, you can be comforted in the natural with a hug. Somebody, but, but as soon as they leave and the hug's over, the comfort's gone. The comfort the Holy Spirit gives us is in the package of God's saving grace and the plan of salvation. Because that is an eternal comfort that if we maintain our faith in what God did to comfort us, saving our soul through the blood of Christ, it's a comfort that we can have perpetually, daily. We can be comforted constantly without end, praise God. So I find that very interesting that he was a Levite and, and he was of the country of Cyprus and, and uh, they changed his name. I wonder uh, what our new name would be if we were uh, called each other by our service to God. I don't even want to get into that because <laughs> there might be some names we wouldn't like. <laughs> the unfaithful one, the backslider and all these things. Instead of, and I'm not talking about Barnabas being perfect. He wasn't perfect, but he was full of the Holy Spirit and of faith and he was used of God. God has to use imperfect people. If he can't, no one can be used. But we can be filled with the Spirit. We can be full of the Spirit and of faith. Amen. We can be good men and women. The Bible says Barnabas was a good man. We can be good men and women and filled with the Spirit and filled with faith. That means we're, to be full of faith means you're full of the Word and a desire to walk thereby, the Word of God in truth, by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what that means. To be full of faith means my faith is in nothing else but Christ. I won't be moved from that. And as I study the Word of God, the Holy Spirit's going to teach me more of what Christ provided for me at Calvary. And the more of that, if that's what I'm learning, then I'm having a greater desire to share that with a, with a lost world and a backslidden church. If that's not what I'm learning and growing in, that's why I'm not able to share. Do you understand that? Full of faith means I'm full of the Word and my faith only acknowledges the Word as truth and I'm walking in truth and I'm learning of Jesus who is the truth, what He's done for me. And if that's what I'm learning, then I'm able to come to sanctification. What did Paul write to Timothy and say, they are ever learning but not able to come to the truth. The church today is greatly ever learning, but they're not learning God's Word in truth. If they were, they would come to the place of sanctification, being changed and, and, and glorifying God in the changes in their life. Amen. So, I like this. We need to understand that today's title given to folks as encouragers and comforters, saints full of the Holy Spirit, need to match up with those of the Word of God which are more concerned with the will of God being done than their own, God's kingdom being established and not their own. We, wa we have wasted way too much time in trying to build and establish our own kingdoms, our own churches, our own denominations. God is the builder of everything that is eternal, and if he's not building it, it's going to blow away, wash away, be burnt up in the end, and nothing's going to have mattered except what he had his hand involved in. That's it. Everything else we built is going to burn away. That's why we need to be full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith because everything God is doing requires faith for Him to be able to function through men and women. Praise the Lord. So we're here we see the word paraclesis is a very close kindred name given to the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the comforter. And we can be used by the Lord to comfort folks, but we must always remember it's the Holy Spirit who's doing the comforting. And he can only comfort in truth. Because that's all he is teaching is truth. Those who can't be comforted by truth cannot be comforted by the Lord. Mm. Imagine that. Those that cannot be comforted in truth cannot be comforted of the Lord. 
And you might say, well, no, the Lord comforted me with this and he comforted me with that. The Lord only works in truth. And it's when we believe, receive the word of God in truth that he can effectually work that word of truth into our lives. First Thessalonians 2.13, I'm saying that again this morning because we need to understand that. You can't just open the Bible and quote a verse and go around all day quoting a scripture and thinking that's going to work for you because you memorized it. No, that's just, that won't happen. You have to know that scripture as it is in truth and then the Holy Spirit can comfort you in the truth and grow you in the truth, use you in the truth. Amen. I know I'm just preaching to myself this morning, but that's all right. I need it more than anybody. What a great testimony flowing from the life of Barnabas. To be known as a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. What a testimony. Maybe we just need to tell them that's what we want on our cinder block with that Sharpie. <laughs> that's all I told Robin. Just put an old cinder block out there and get a Sharpie. And maybe we'll just say from now, just, just, here lies a man that was a good man who was full of the Holy Spirit and was full of faith. Just believed God. Hallelujah. Amen, because we can be. When you hear things like this, don't stick your lip out and say, well, I, you know, I, I can't believe he's trying to say we're good. God said Barnabas was good. Doesn't mean he was perfect. Doesn't mean he was sinless. But it means in the eyes of God, through his faith and the sacrifice of Christ, he's a good man. Hallelujah. And he can be full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith if his faith remains in the love of God which is manifested Calvary to make it legitimate because faith works by love. It don't work without that. It don't work, praise God. That's, that's another message in all of itself right there. When revival broke out in Antioch, the church in Jerusalem sent Barnabas to look into it. And upon arriving, he helped for a while, but realized it was a way more than he could handle on his own and set out to Tarsus to find Paul to help. Think about that. My Lord, if we preachers were like that today, instead of thinking, oh, this thing that God's doing, oh, praise God, it's getting so big now, but you know what? I can handle it. I can handle it. If we as ministers don't learn that God, if God's in it, it's going to increase, my friend. If God's in it, it's going to increase, and it's going to get to the place where you got more than five people now, you got more than 50 people now, you got 100 people now, and all of a sudden, guess what? You need some help up in here. You keep trying to do it all then it's going to collapse. And that's a problem in the church today, that, that we better learn not only to bring other people on board who are called, and it's obvious they are, and, and it'll be obvious they are. Amen. And it won't be on their terms. It'll be on these terms right here, the Word of God. And it's, but not only did, did Barnabas uh, go get Paul, but when he brought Paul, he realized Paul had something he didn't have and a gift to be used apparently in a way that he wasn't going to be able to be used to a certain degree. So you know what Barnabas did? He kind of moved over and let Paul have it. Oh, now, wait a minute, preacher. <laughs> Move over and let somebody else take over? Oh, no, no, that was then. It's a different world today, preacher. Now, you need to hear me today. Some people are called to, just like in the Old Testament, captains of hundreds, captains of thousands, different levels that we're called. Some are called to the world. Some are called to the community. We're all called to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. But as far as churches, local churches, some are called to 50s, 100s, thousands, different areas. And we need to understand that, man. If, you, if you're a captain of 100 and you all of a sudden got three or 400, uh, God probably going to send somebody else that needs to be there. And you, you know what? It'll take, what, what, what was his name? Old Spurgeon. I got it highlighted in yellow here. He said, Spurgeon once said, it takes more grace than I can tell to play second fiddle well. Now you think about that. The ministry is changing. God is, God is growing and there's revival breaking out. And, and Barnabas said, uh-oh, I need some help. He didn't stand back and say, uh, you know what, I got this. I can handle this. But because he was a good man, 
That means he was full of the Holy Ghost. That means he could hear God. And he was full of faith. That means he could hear God because faith comes by hearing God. And he said, uh-oh, I got to go get Paul. You know what? If it gets to the point where Paul needs to take over, if that's God's will, Paul take over. It's like Peter being rebuked by Paul. Okay, it's obvious what's happening here. I repent. Peter repented. Amen. And, you know, oh, you're talking about a different world of preachers today. And God, I'm telling you, in the next year, two, three years, there's going to be some major shifts, even in the cross-preaching churches, because God don't want anything to just get stuck in some one spot and stay like it is. My friend, that's denominationalism, and what we're in is not that. We are like Noah. We are being moved by fear because faith is coming and we're valuing what God is saying to us today, showing us today, and we're going to be full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, and allow God to move us, whatever that means. And not only are the preachers going to have to be like Barnabas, but the saints are going to have to be like Barnabas. They're going to have to accept what God's doing in their life, in the ministry they're in, instead of running off and say, well, that ain't just what I wanted. I wonder how many people left the church when Paul showed up and said, okay, all right, let's just keep going. And, but he was more like at the, at, the, at the center now instead of Barnabas. How many people, I wonder back then, went to the house? Well, I wanted Barnabas. I, I didn't, listen, I, I didn't sign up for Paul. I, you know. But let me tell you something. Those that endured to the end was after the message and not the man. Those that endure to the end in victory and true faith and grace, they're not after the man, they're after the message. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We must be more like Barnabas today and realize when ministry has become more than we can handle, Instead of determining to do it all ourselves as ministers, we must allow other ministers to come along board, delegate ministry to them when they come. This does not by any means mean that we just start handing out opportunities for people. They must be ministerial. They must be called. They must be recognized. They must be faithful to the people of God, the house of God, in several different avenues. Not just show up because they can quote the word. Lord, a lot of people can quote the word. The devil can quote the word. These are people that show up. They're faithful to God, and it's evident through their faithfulness to the people of God in the avenues the Bible calls us to be faithful. Not just, well, I'm faithful my own way. No, you're faithful according to God's word or you're not faithful. And somebody said amen. Praise God. So only the humble will see this as Barnabas did and, and, and move aside for the ministry of the Holy Spirit through Paul or through whoever. You know, I'm amazed as I look at Family Worship Center and Brother Swaggart and what God has been able to do through him and that ministry. I don't know of any other ministry, and I believe there isn't one, that you can call in and have your Bible questions asked and the Scriptures be right there given in truth to you, how it all relates to Christ and what he did at Calvary, and that's the center focus, the common denominator where all Scriptures come to, and you can, you can learn and those men, any men, any one of those men in Baton Rouge could go and pastor their own church and probably have a large, successful church, but that's not what God told them to go there for. And you, listen, you're hard-pressed to find anybody that's called into the ministry, and it's obvious, to be under another minister. You're hard-pressed. They all think they got to have their own church. And there's a lot of people trying to minister right now that's not called to it. They're called to be under someone else, and it will take a humility and a brokenness to get them there so that they can be used finally where God wanted them to be. We've had ministers come through here, and because because they couldn't be the limelight, well, they moved on. And now they're not even in ministry. They're not out there. They don't, they're not even in a church. And that's, that is, listen, that's all over the world today. If I can't be the main man, I don't want to be, the, I don't want to be involved. I'm not going to be involved. You know, the problem in the church today is I want to be in charge. But they don't want to do the things it takes to be in charge. <laughs> you got to be here if the doors are open. 
You got to be here. You can't be one of those that try to rush in at the last minute and get out quicker and quick as you can. That, listen, your heart ain't in it. If you're the last one to church and the first one to leave, listen, you're missing the, the, you're missing it. You can tell who those are that are called to ministry. Everybody's not called to, everybody's called to ministry, according to the word, to some degree, but everybody's not called to the headship, the leader position, the fivefold ministry, those ministries. And a lot of people have just wasted lives and been so miserable and just so. Oh, so miserable because they just will not do what Barnabas did. Just see by faith who God has called and then let them minister and serve God through serving them. Because you're really serving God. If you're in a ministry and it's a ministry of reconciliation, preaching the message of the cross, listen, when you're serving that man and his wife, that, that team of, of leaders, you're serving God. And you need to see it as that. Yes, you serve the pastor, but guess what? It's deeper than that. It's just like hearing the preaching. If all you do is hear the preacher, you've missed the avenue. You, you, you've missed God. God speaks through the preachers. God, And on the other hand, God uses people in the church to serve him through serving the ministers that are there. Just like Brother Swagger, if the minister's there. I mean, it's amazing the, the, the way those men, and as I said earlier, they could all be pastors of churches. But God has put them there just as Barnabas to be a, a team, a group of ministers that can reach the world. And I'm thankful to be attached to that group of ministers. I, even though people don't like them, and I don't care, they don't like us either. And I, I can't help that. But you know what? They didn't like Paul and Barnabas either. God said Barnabas was a good man. I'd rather be recognized by the true church, those walking in faith, than just those that are out of the faith. They're the ones saying negative things about you anyway. Amen. Amen. This is one thing that has greatly prevented the church from growing according to God's will today. Selfishness and competition. Selfishness. This is my ministry. I got news for you. This is not my ministry. I just happen to be what we might call today the CEO, the, the senior pastor, the, the guy who before God is responsible for what goes on here. But it's the ministry of the Lord. He's the church builder, the church founder, the church builder, the one that can keep the church straight. He only uses pastors or tries to to keep the church pointed in the right direction. That's it. That's it. And, it. and it's just a great thing to be used by God. And I pray that we could all be, in the days ahead, used by God greater. But there's a lot of people that are going to have to uh, not throw in the towel on salvation, not throw in the towel on ministry, but just let the Lord move them uh, uh, to bring them into the place they should be. Amen. And that's going to happen over the next one, two, three years in a huge way. So don't get mad at God. Don't get mad at people. Just be like Barnabas. Stay an encourager. Because God is at work even when we're waiting on God to do a specific thing. Between now and that specific thing, God is still working. Rejoice over that. Amen. So, in, in verse 2 here, if y'all let me get there this morning. Uh, Paul says, I went up by revelation and communi cum communicate. <laughs> Y'all are, are uh, distracting me. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's all me this morning. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel. Everybody say, that gospel, which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. Now, there's a lot to be said in this second verse right here. Paul tells us that he went up by revelation after 14 years. It took 14 years before God the Holy Ghost told him to go back. And he only went back through revelation. There's probably, I would suggest, more than likely, there were many people telling him, you need to go back to Jerusalem. You probably need to go back and get hooked up with Peter and, and, and James and the church there in Jerusalem, which had no telling how many thousands of people in that church. 
thousands and thousands of people. If 3,000 got saved on the day of Pentecost and all those 3,000 people had people in their families, it didn't end right there on Pentecost. If 3,000 got saved in one day, I've always wondered, Lord, I wish you'd have told us what happened on the second day. Because you know more folk got saved the next day. When Daddy went home and told his faith of his faith, more folk got saved. And the next day, and the church grew rapidly. And, and you know, Paul had to hear about it. But he didn't go back until he went back by revelation, by the Spirit of God saying, now I want you to go back to Jerusalem. And he, that's what he means by I went up to Jerusalem by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel. He didn't go to get approval of his gospel. He didn't go to get the approval of his call. He already had his call. He already had the gospel the Lord had already given him. He went up to tell them something they needed. You, we need to understand that as we talked about last week when, when, when the first time Peter and, and Paul got together, man, don't you know it was just a magnificent meeting where Peter talked about his daily uh, experience with Jesus and then Paul would share how the scriptures, which, see Peter didn't know what Paul knew. And Paul would show up and bring life to the scriptures. Peter had an everyday life with Jesus. But would later we'd see in the New Testament that we no longer know Jesus after the flesh, nor any man. Think about that. What he had experienced with Jesus was great, but Peter had a great need. And if he was going to live by faith, it would have to be faith that come by the Scriptures they had. And Paul had a revelation of Christ in the Scriptures that he came to give. So, man, what a meeting. Paul came to offer that communication of the gospel to them. That is powerful to me, my friends. Sometimes you just need to sit and ponder on the things that God did in the early church to get to us what we have today. It took a Paul. It took the apostle Paul, the Spirit of God, moving in his heart just like Noah building an ark. Paul would become the master builder, called himself that, of the, the, what God would do in the New Testament being the ark that God would build as the New Testament through the message of the cross. And all who believe, not getting on a wooden boat, but believing in the man who died on the tree to come into him, Christ, who, who is our ark, who is our safe haven, our refuge. And, and, and just like Noah, <coughs> excuse me, built the ark, here comes Paul in, onto the scene with with the revelation of the scriptures. Man, I'm talking about Paul had the light switch flipped on bright, and it wasn't no 100-watt light bulb, man. It was a spotlight. Man, Jesus is the light being revealed in Genesis through Malachi, and then Paul, and I don't, listen, man, if Paul wouldn't have come along and, and received what he received of the Lord, the other disciples couldn't even have really wrote fully about what they wrote about. If all we've got is the story of Jesus day by day and, 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 and what he did and, and that he died for our sins, we can be saved. But listen, the Old Testament reveals so much about our Lord, our Jesus. I mean, the, the, it turns the light on in the Old Covenant, how we see all the, the temple and all its furnishings. How, listen, this is what it shows how God has only and always been focused on his son. Even Israel being called the firstborn. Everything in the Old Testament, God was about his son. We ought to be excited to learn that. And he gave that revelation to Paul, not just how the scriptures were about Jesus, but really the revelation of what really happened at the cross. More than a sad day that a man died that we had believed in, but that this was the Son of God. This was the one that caught, was called the Lamb that took away our sins. And this was the one that if we place our faith in Him, we can live in victory every day. We can have the hope through His resurrection that He did provide at the cross what He said He was going to provide. That shed blood gives us forgiveness 
forgiveness, a place in the family of God, and daily victory, overcoming power, the experience of God's love, a place for faith to truly work as it only works by love, and we can have more than a church service, more than a song, more than even the air we breathe. We can have a move of God daily in our hearts. We can be led of the Spirit. We can be used of God greatly if we'll just believe what Paul was given concerning the Scriptures about Christ. You gotta look, you gotta just every once in a while sit back and thank the Lord for what He gave the disciples, the apostles, and what He gave Paul that He even took to them. He gave, listen, he gave Paul something they didn't have, and he, by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, it's time to go, Paul. I need you to go give them the gospel you're preaching to the Gentiles. And we'll get into this later, but, but really, you'll find out, you'll see this later in this teaching, that the church in Jerusalem, Pastor James, the half-brother of Jesus, he was responsible, the Judaizers coming out of his church. They never let go of that. They believed in salvation by grace, Jesus Christ. And James even opens his letter with, you know, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. But James never let go of law. For the, for, he let go of it as far as Paul was okay with the Gentiles, but he never let go of it for the Jewish Christians. So that means they lived in bondage, the bondage of the law, even though they were saved all their lives, except the ones that accepted the way of sanctification that Paul showed up and attempted to give them. Mm, powerful, isn't it? Man, you just have to think, sit back and say, oh my goodness, that's, that, that's something to think about. Most Christians never really get into uh, this depth of teaching. That They think that James just accepted this. And the only thing James and Peter and the boys there, even though Peter knew better, but the only thing James really accepted was that, okay, that's good for the Gentiles. And even later we'll read how uh, they, they said, okay, the Gentiles are really not responsible for all that, that we're responsible for. Think about that, all that we're still responsible for. But it's just okay, they're not to drink blood, don't strangle, and you don't fornicate. Just five or six things they said, for the Gentiles, okay. And they blessed Paul and Barnabas and Titus and said, glory to God, go after the Gentiles. But they never looked back to the Jews and said, but, but, that, but that's for us too. They said, no, that ain't for us. And we'll see that in the scriptures unless you know what Paul brought to the table. That God gave Paul, told him to go give it to Pastor James. Listen, if, 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 if they didn't... See, God gave them an opportunity. And I'd be willing just to say, oh, at least I can hope that some people back in that day grabbed a hold of it. I mean, Peter was the one given the revelation first before it was given to Paul about, you know, uh, don't, don't count anything unholy that I've called holy, anything unclean that I've called clean. And Paul, I mean, Peter had all, had realized, whoa, look at Cornelius, man, Gentiles, they done got saved, speaking in other tongues, full of the Holy Ghost, whoa. But it would be some 11 to 13 years later until they even knew a Gentile could be saved. Think about that. And they accepted that, what Paul was preaching, but I believe they, I believe that they accepted it just to, <laughs> y'all kind of hurting what I'm preaching around here. We're preaching Jesus as the one that came to take away our sin, but we still got through all these laws because we Jews. Uh huh. That's huge in the church today. We need to realize this same Paul, this same Holy Spirit who is God that sent Paul to them. To give them the gospel, not to get an approval on what he was doing, to give them the gospel, to communicate the gospel that he'd been preaching to the Gentiles. And can I say to you today, the same gospel God gave for the Gentiles is the same gospel God gave to the Jews. There is not but one gospel. And you can be, there's not another way for the, the people of, uh, of, of Abraham. His, there's not another way for the Jewish people. Jews can be saved, Gentiles can be saved, but it's only by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He says, I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach. 
Remember what Paul said. If anybody comes preaching any other gospel than what I preach, let them be a curse because that's what they are. But privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. Now, let me read some of my notes here for you. I don't want to miss anything. Paul being compelled by the Holy Spirit that it was now time to go to Jerusalem and not before and to communicate the gospel he'd received of the Lord. See, Paul not only had received the gospel, allowed the Lord to give him the gospel, but Paul here, like Barnabas, allowed God the Holy Ghost to move him, to lead him, and would lead him to Jerusalem. Paul probably wanted to go before that, I don't know, and others were probably trying to get him to go before that, I don't know, but he waited till the Holy Spirit said, go to Jerusalem and give them what I've given you to preach to the Gentiles. All right. Revelation always moves the saint into action. It is never intended to only be head knowledge, and in all reality, if that is where it stops, it was never received properly in the heart. If what we have is only head knowledge, that means we've yet to receive it properly in the heart. Because it's in the heart that we believe, not the head. The, it's, it's with the heart we believe under righteousness. Uh, things were going on in Jerusalem that had been that had to be dealt with, or there would become two different churches, denominational differences, if you will. I believe that's the reason the Lord sent Paul to give them the gospel that he preached. There wasn't another gospel. The gospel, as I said, is good for them, is good for all. And he sent them to offer them that. Not Again, not just to get approval on what they were doing. We don't need approval on what God's called us to do. But men will acknowledge it just like they did Paul. Even if they don't fully accept what you're saying for them, they will acknowledge that you're called and God is using you. Like uh, Many people through the years have told me, Curtis, we don't believe like you believe. We don't believe everything you believe in the Bible, but it, I, we can't refute the, ref the fruit that's in your life. We knew you before. We know you now. It's all, man, it's, it's day and night. And so it ought to be that way too. Whether they receive everything, they ought to be able to recognize that God does have his hand on you and he is using you. Because lives are being changed. Not you're saying lives are being changed. Lives are being changed. By revelation is spoken of here by Paul as the Holy Spirit wanted all in Galatia to know it was the Lord that sent him. Think about it. He's telling this story to the Galatians. Don't, don't, don't forget that. Sometimes we, we, we get all into the story and, 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 and we forget that we're in the letter to the Galatians. He's telling them this for a reason. Because what he's doing is he's confirming the gospel God gave him, that God sent him there, because the people that were distracting the Galatians were coming out of where Paul was sent by the Spirit of God to give them the gospel. They were coming out of James's church. Listen, there, there, there are other preachers that know people are in this church, and yet they will still say, you know, you ought to come to our church. I don't do that. God's got to plant you. I, I can tell you where you don't need to be going, but to tell you where you need to be going, the Holy Spirit's going to have to do that. And really, he's going to have to tell you that you don't need to be going in a place you are going that you shouldn't be going. But I don't, I, I don't get in that the Holy Spirit's business. If you can't hear from him, you, you sure ain't going to hear from me. Hmm. The purpose of this trip to Jerusalem was not to get approval or to take a vote, but to show through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Scriptures the liberty and independence from the Mosaic law and Judaism these Gentiles had in Christ. And, 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 I, and I think about this, and it's later in my notes somewhere after this, but think about all these people in Jerusalem that Paul is talking to the Galatian church about. And think about years later when Paul would write everything he wrote and they would grab and they would get an opportunity to read everything he wrote. They'd know he's talking about them. 
Just like Jesus was talking about certain individuals. And just think about that. Most, most time we don't think about these things. What's written in the Scriptures, years later, these people in Jerusalem, in this church in Jerusalem, who were still bound under the law, and think about this, God showed up in 70 A.D. just probably a few years after these writings and removed their ability to keep going in the things they were going in. Destroyed the temple. And that was the end of it. Think about that. So hopefully through that, they were able to start hanging on to what God was giving Paul a little bit more. But what I was going to say is, think about this, y'all. Uh, and we're from Texas, that's why I say y'all. <laughs> Later, the, these people in the church in Jerusalem would have to read what Paul wrote and think, my Lord, he, he's talking about us. These Judaizers, Paul was saying, were coming out of my church. And there had, there's always, God is always going to do things like that to <clears throat> confront us where we are. Are we really in the faith? Are we really still being moved by the Spirit? Are we, are we even still full of the Spirit? And I need to say something about that this morning. Just because you got baptized with the Holy Spirit and you were one time full of the Holy Spirit and of faith doesn't mean you are today. Just because you speak in tongues doesn't mean that you're still full of the Holy Ghost. You were given a gift that God's not going to take back from you, but are you still full? Are you still full of faith? Amen. And he didn't, and he didn't go and say, give me a platform. I need to, listen, call everybody together. I need to speak to the whole assembly. He went to the leaders privately. But that's just the wisdom of God. Why? If you call an assembly together of thousands of people, listen, any pastor that does that, all he's going to do is get chaos. And he's going to cause division. And he's going to cause huge problems. So he just called the leaders that apparently God had set in place. And that's what it means. But he says, but privately to them which were of reputation. Lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. And let me read my note here. But privately to those who were of reputation speaks of the leaders, those of good reputation among the people. And, and who is that? Those who the people allow God to use in their lives. Can I say this morning that everybody that comes to Crossway Church does not allow me to be their pastor? Ever you may go what and that's in every church. Nobody allows the pastor there to really pastor them. If they did, they would heed the voice of the pastors and his preaching of the word. Amen. Amen. That means when the preacher would say, Quit missing church because we're following the direction of the Lord through our pastor, they wouldn't be missing church all the time. When that preacher would say these things that are biblical, no, I'm not trying to put you under law, my friend. I'm trying to bring you into the place of experience according to God's Word and not your way of experience, which is outside the will of God. Mm. But see, not everybody lets the preacher pastor. I thank God for the remnant that allows me to pastor them. I don't show up to their house and try to get in their personal business. But when I speak from the pulpit on behalf of what God has given us in His Word, my expectation is that the people will take that and allow the Holy Spirit to move them and fill them with faith, fill them with the Spirit, and their desire would be more to serve God than ever before. And those who aren't moving that direction, then my heart as a pastor is grieved for them. And that's in every church, even cross-preaching churches. That's in every church. Amen. 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 But privately to those who are of reputation speaks of the leaders, those of good reputation among the people. And I just, I just have to keep stopping there. This is not in my notes, but a pastor's sphere of influence is only obtained by the people. The people allow the pastor to speak through them. The sphere of influence we have is really a move of God's Spirit in the lives of other people who would plant them wherever we're planted in a church by the Spirit. That means we're planted in a church by the Holy Spirit to receive what the Holy Spirit is giving that pastor to minister. Because through that avenue, we're going to be equipped, we're going to grow in the knowledge and the grace, not of the pastor, but of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we're going to find our place of gifting, and 
and we're going to find a place. Uh, we're going to find ourselves more faithful in the body, and, and we're going to find ourselves growing. But our sphere is pastors, evangelists, teachers, apostles, or prophets, whatever the case may be. Our sphere of influence is only given to us by the Spirit of God through other people. If Crossway Church got up Sunday morning and said, Pastor, we've decided that you're no longer needed here. We feel God moving uh, uh, us in another direction with another pastor. And everybody stood up and said, Amen. Robin and I would be broken hearted, but we would have to move on even though we wouldn't like it because we've lost apparently our sphere of influence in their lives. Because we only, you know, why would you want to stay somewhere where nobody's going to listen to you anymore? That means God would have another group of people somewhere who wanted to hear the truth. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm going to stop right there because y'all are just shouting way too loud this morning. And I know uh, you are online as well. Share these messages. Share these teachings. We're, we're, we show up to learn the Word of God so that we can find the truth in God's Word. So that we can be moved by His Spirit to effectually be used by him i'm not somebody just wants to go to church and sing a few songs read a few chapters a week i want to be used of god as the early church was i want to be like barnabas i want to be an encourager i want to be like paul who went in and shared the gospel even to folks who really wouldn't get it like god wanted them to get it but i want to be used of god in these last days our lives are but a vapor it won't be long we'll be gone and the true the only true legacy we have to leave behind is did we love the lord and let the Lord use us in the way he desired. Amen. We're going to be praying for you. Please share the, 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 the teaching uh, as you uh, do more than just like it. Share it on Facebook with your friends, co-workers, and family. And until next week, God bless you. We love you, and we're praying for you.